Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for popping on. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, I'm on YouTube, so you can watch this on YouTube. Go to YouTube and then search DeHuff Uncensored. Today, we're talking about another badass, Roy Benavides, born in South Texas. He enlisted in the Army and, and decided to join the 82nd Airborne Division. In October of 1964, Roy was sent off to Vietnam. He was on a classified mission. He had to dress up like the enemy, which has to be kind of a scary thing if you have to do uh, on any of your missions. Be like, I got to dress up like the bad guy? Ah, shit. Anyway, so he did that. As he's doing this, he accidentally steps on a landmine. And he's all by himself out there in the jungle. But thankfully, some Marines came by. They thought he was an enemy based on his uh, what he was wearing. But thankfully, one of the Marines flipped him over and they realized, oh, shit, he's wearing American dog tags. This is one of our guys. They evacuated him from Vietnam, sent him off to a hospital. He had a serious spine injury. And the doctors told him, dude, most likely you're never going to walk again. But Roy was not one to give up. His determination is, I have never heard of anybody more determined than this guy. And you will see by the end of this story what the hell I'm talking about. Roy did not want to be discharged from the army. He begged and pleaded with the nurses and doctors to not discharge him. The doctors were like, fine, listen. If you can walk by the end of a year, a year from now, then you could stay, okay? We're not going to medically discharge you. So after the nurses and doctors would leave every single night, Roy would essentially fall out of his bed and crawl his way across the room to a wall and pull himself up and get himself into a position where he could try to put weight on his legs so he could start strengthening his legs. That's how determined this guy was. The nurses and doctors had no clue that he was doing this. So after six months of doing that every single night, he was finally able to walk on his own. The nurses and doctors were just amazed. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. They had no clue what he was doing to get to that point. They just thought he was some sort of miracle. So he gets to stay in the army. But, you know, because of his injury, they're like, dude, you got to have a desk job. So they send him to North Carolina. And again, Roy just flips a switch and he's just like, I got to go beast mode. And I just need to start working out like crazy because I don't want to be sitting behind a desk all all my career. He wanted to become an Army Green Beret, which their training facility was in North Carolina. So he busts his ass for a couple months, applies to get into the Green Berets, and he gets it done. Next thing you know, He's in the Green Berets. There he is. He's a Green Beret. He goes from never walking again to now he's a Green Beret. That's only a fraction of this guy's story. This guy's story just takes a giant leap into what the 
hell am I listening to here in a second? Because back in 1968, Roy gets to go back to Vietnam. And we're going to finish that story here in a second. But Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, they have an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. And they also deliver and they also do curbside pickup. And you can go online and see their online wine education classes that you could sign up for. So stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. You can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need, and more. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Okay, I admit it. Before the Minna McKinnon moved to town, I didn't know a hockey puck from a hamburger. You've never had my wife's cooking, eh? Now? Now I know the plus minus of everybody on the team. And I've checked out all their girlfriends on the internet. Shh. What's that? Shh. Okay? Uh, TMI? Snay on the whole intro-web thingy. But you get the point. We love hockey at the Blake Street Tavern. Stop by the corner of Park and Blake and watch the Minna Mac with game sound throughout our 18,000 square feet. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. May 2nd, 1968. They're in Vietnam. Roy was enjoying a day off. He was uh, attending a, like, they built a little church, like makeshift church. And then all of a sudden, he starts hearing a radio going off. And it's going berserk. Somebody was in trouble. He didn't know exactly what, but all he could hear was, at one point, get us out of here. And meanwhile, there's, like, gunshots going off in the background. That was coming over the radio. A 12-man Army Special Forces team was in deep shit. They had been ambushed by the Vietnamese, and there was over a 1,000 Vietnamese surrounding these 12 men. A 1,000 versus 12. Not good numbers. So the next thing Roy hears was, incoming helicopters there was three helicopters coming in to where he was into the base where he was at and as they're starting to land he sees they're just riddled with bullet holes just just destroyed essentially the fact that they were flying is pure amazement so roy runs up to one of the choppers and he goes to start talking to one of the gunmen it was a young kid right around 19 years old he asked where they had come from was it from the ambush site that he just heard on the radio? Then the kid just fell over and died into Roy's arms. Roy places him on the ground, and then Roy asks the pilot, are you going back there? The pilot says, yes. Roy hops in, and he's ready to go to rescue those 12 men. Again, 1,000 versus 12. And there's just two of them on this helicopter, the pilot and Roy. Roy was so excited and so, uh, you know, just amped up to go help, he forgot his gun. All he had was his, uh, what is it, Bowie knife and medical supplies. That's it. That's all he had on him. So as they get closer to the site, gunshots just start ringing out, headed towards the helicopter. So obviously the helicopter pilot, you can't stay straight. So the helicopter's kind of moving around. So, you know, it's harder to, you know, hit them. But of course, they're still getting hit. So all of a sudden they're up there, they're, they're evading the gunshots and they see smoke cutting through the trees. It's the 12 men 
The 12-man team is putting up a signal. They see it. The pilot is trying to land, but he couldn't. The amount of gunfire was just so intense on the helicopter, the helicopter had to pull away. It was just, it, it was a death wish to, to sit there and try to land. So he says, hey, Roy, I'm sorry, we, we just can't do it. Roy says, no, uh-uh, get me as low as you can, and I'll jump into the jungle. Pilot, for some reason, is just like, you crazy motherfucker, but okay, I get it, I get you. So sure enough, the pilot does his best to get as low as possible, and Roy jumps out of the helicopter with no gun and no parachute, jumping into God knows what he's going to jump into. So he rips through the trees, hits the ground, jumps up immediately, and just starts running towards where the men are. At first, the Vietnamese, they see this, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's a goddamn superhero that just jumped out of the fucking helicopter. They were in amazement. They didn't shoot at first because they were just so shocked. But the ceasefire only lasted a moment. And then they began to open fire. Roy got shot in the face, in the back of the head, and the leg. But Roy did not stop. Not until he made it to the troubled 12-man team. And they were in bad bad shape. Four of the 12 men were dead, but the remaining eight were badly injured. Roy went around to each living member and gave them morphine shots from his medical supplies. Then he started moving the men away from the enemies to to a better covered area that had a clearing nearby that he believed the helicopter could possibly land in. And he noticed that two men had been separated from the team. So as he's moving these guys, he's like, oh shit, there's two more guys back over there. So Roy grabs a gun from the ground. I believe it was an enemy soldier gun. He runs towards the two men, blindly shooting into the jungle. Like, I don't know where the fuck they're at, but I'm, sh- I'm sh- hopefully I take some down, right? As he's doing this, Roy gets shot in the thigh, but he wasn't phased. He gets to the men, tells them, get ready to move. And they make it back to the group. So there were six men, two were lagging. They were, they were separated. He goes and gets them, gets shot in the fucking leg and says, follow me essentially to freedom. And he drags them over or they go over. Roy tossed a smoke grenade into the nearby clearing. The helicopter pilot sees it because he hadn't left the area and whips over and lands. The 12-man team, which was now eight, worked their way onto the copter. Roy was running around shooting at the enemy, just trying to keep them back. You know, he's just opening fire because if he doesn't do that, they're just going to quickly get up on them and they're just, they're, they're goners. So Roy then decides he's going to grab the dead Americans because he's just like, dude, these are our brothers. I mean, they, they put their lives on the line and they passed away. And he's carrying one of his friends, actually, ended up being Leroy Wright. So he has Leroy on his shoulders. And all of a sudden, as he's headed back to the helicopter, Roy gets shot right through the stomach. 
And then to make matters worse, because he's still trying to, to move forward after getting shot in the stomach, a grenade goes off behind him. And shrapnel just rips through his body, knocking Roy over and knocking him unconscious. He was only out for a brief moment. He comes to, sees that the enemy is closing in on him. He decides, it's I can't take Leroy with me. And that's got to break his heart when he realizes, you know, this is my friend. I couldn't, I couldn't at least take him home. But he makes a mad dash for the chopper. How this guy is moving in general is beyond me with the getting shot in the face, getting shot in the stomach, in the legs. This guy is a machine. So he gets there, but he realizes that the helicopter apparently had taken off a little bit, and then it crashed back down, and it was on fire, and the pilot had been killed. So the helicopter, full of these eight men that he just saved, is on fire. The helicopter pilot is dead. Roy jumps into the flames and starts pulling out the survivors, the remaining of the 12-men team. Then he grabs a gun and starts shooting at the enemy. He then starts dragging the wounded men to another area in the jungle, somewhere safer, somewhere away from this, you know, obviously every, the, the Vietnamese can see that this giant helicopter that's on fire, that's obviously a focal point. So he's got to try to get them away from that. So he's dragging the men off to a safer area. He finally gets them all there, but they're still surrounded. Again, like a thousand to eight or nine now, I guess it should be. Roy decides to call in a danger close airstrike. That's where they're super close to whoever is calling in the strike. And it's it's a risky thing to do, but if you call it in right and if you do give the right coordinates and they're followed properly by the whoever's up in the air, in the aircraft, it can be super effective. The aircraft start coming in from the United States. They start dropping napalm. They start doing gun runs, trying to take out the enemy. But the aircraft was running out of fuel, so it had to bail. Somewhat successful, but not really, because the enemy regroups, and unleashes hell on Roy and the surviving members. Just goes ape shit on them. Roy gets shot again in the leg. He gets shot again in the leg? Are you serious? Then all of a sudden, they hear a helicopter. And it's a helicopter ripping through the jungle, shooting at the enemy, they're here to rescue Roy and the remaining of the team. Roy starts carrying the men to the chopper. Then he notices two men have fallen behind again, and the enemy was about to take them out. Roy runs towards the men. Then all of a sudden, an enemy soldier leaps up onto Roy. Apparently, this soldier ran out of ammunition. So he's just like, the guy's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to take him out with my bare hands type of thing. He runs towards to Roy, leaps up on him, knocks him down, smashes him in the head with his the butt of his rifle. 
Roy is just like knocked down and the guy gets up on top of him and he starts bashing Roy in the face with the butt of his gun. Then the soldier, enemy soldier, just flips around the gun and there's a bayonet on it. So like a knife and he starts stabbing Roy and Roy, like a true American badass, grabs the rifle. Grabs the fucking rifle. This is something straight out of a freaking movie. Grabs the rifle and just knocks the guy onto the ground. Roy jumps up on top of this guy, pulls out his Bowie knife, and just fucking kills the guy. This is Roy, who has multiple gunshot wounds to the face, to the back of the head, the legs, the stomach. This guy does not quit. Then Roy ran over to the chopper, dragging those two men safe to safety and shooting the enemy at the same time. So he's like, he has a gun in one hand and he's dragging his fellow Americans with the other. He's like total, like it's basically like fucking Rambo. They make it to the chopper. Thanks to Roy. They get back to the base. Roy is just devastated. He's destroyed. Like, he has a million like fucking bullet holes in him. I'm exaggerating, of course. They can't find a heartbeat. So the doctor announces him like, dude, this guy's dead. So they put him in a bag, body bag. Now for the rest of this part, I'm going to have Roy finish. Because Roy is a badass. They let, they let the three enemy soldiers on the side. And because I sort of look oriental, they thought I was one of them. So they let me lay right next to him. <laughs> And they were putting us in body bags. And I remember my feet being lifted, and I was inserted into the body bag, and I could hear that zipper coming up, and I thought, oh, my God, no, no. My eyes were shut because I had blood all over my face, my eyes, and the blood had dried up in my eyelids. And I couldn't talk because my jaws were locked, and I could hear that zipper coming up, coming up. And one of my buddies was doing the Mexican head dance, and he was yelling at the doctor, that's Roy, that's Roy Benavides. The doctor said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for him. Said, oh, my God, that zipper just, just coming up. I was trying to wiggle in my own blood. And finally, I'll find out later, Jerry Cottenham made that doctor at least to feel my heartbeat. When I felt that hand on my chest, I made the luckiest shot I ever made in my life. I spit in the doctor's face. <laughs> All right, there you go. That was a Roy Benavides. Pure badass. I did, it just, like, he was not done. That guy did not die. He refused to die. There's a lot of people that think that, that movies like Rambo and, and stuff like that are based on his story. Obviously, he was given uh, medals, Eight of those 12 men survived because of Roy Benavides. That's incredible. When you go back and you look at it from the very beginning when he accidentally stepped on that landmine and they, he had that severe spine injury. And they're like, dude, you're most likely not going to walk again. And he refused and he was able to rebuild his body and then he comes back and ends up joining the Green Berets. And then he goes and ends up saving eight lives. Amazing. Amazing. 
Roy served in the Army from 1952 to 1976. He sadly passed away in 1998. And Roy, indeed, was a badass. What a fascinating story. Something that you go, man, like, I had a rough day at work today. Did you, though? (laughs) And, And to be honest... It would be kind of difficult to know Roy in a sense because, like, you couldn't complain about anything. Look at the shit he overcame and refused to give up. Holy crap. I tip my hat to Roy and anyone who has served in the military to defend this country. I tip my hat to you and anybody that lost their lives trying to protect and serve. My heart goes out to you and your family. So, wow, what a great story. If you have any good stories you want me to hit on, let me know. DeHuffOnCensored at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Truly appreciate it. Thank you so much to Blake Street Tavern. Go check them out at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Also, go to TotalBev.com and see what Total Beverage can do for you as you get set for the summertime and getting some parties going on. And, uh, They can hook you up. Again, TotalBev.com. It's to Huff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, If you haven't done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's to Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.